Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I want to kind of get in, go ahead and get into the, into the word. And um, if you have your Bibles, we're in Exodus 16, 1 through 4. Turn to the person next to you and ask them if they got their Bible. And then give them a really judgmental look if they don't. <laughs> Exodus 16, 1 through 4. It says this. They set out for Elim and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between uh, Elim and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat in pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I pray right now, Lord, that you just open up our hearts, you open up our ears, my God, and our minds to receive what you have for us this morning, my God. This is your word, my God. This is not my word, Father God. And I pray, my God, that you open our hearts and that you speak to us, Lord, life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last week, we, uh, we took a look at, at the exodus of, of the Israelites uh, in a message that I called uh, Getting Out. So we're, we're currently in a series right now called Getting There. We, we just started uh, last, last week, and we're, we're taking a look at Israel's journey um, from when they got out of Egypt uh, to when they go into the land that was promised to them, uh, to, their, to their forefathers. And um, so we called, we called last week's message Getting Out, and I had several people reach out and say, man, the Lord really spoke to me on that message, and I was like, dude, that, that's what God does. I don't know what you expect. Like, like God, God speaks, right? And, and so if you missed that message, I encourage you to go back, listen to it. It's on our, it's on our uh, Primera podcast. Um, man, God, it's so, it's so amazing when God preaches these words. He, again, he preaches them to me, and I'm simply just preaching what he's, to, what he's told me. And God is speaking uh, into our lives, amen? And so today's message I've entitled Getting Hungry. So... You know, in our journey getting there, we first have to get out of what we had been stuck in for, so, for, for such a long time. And then along the way, throughout our travels, throughout our journey, we might get a little hungry, right? And, and, and so what seems like two minutes into their journey, the, pe- the people of Israel are already complaining. They're, uh, they're griping. They're saying that, that they're hungry. All right? It seems like my daughter Layla, man, anytime we get in the car, like we just finished lunch. And, and she says, I'm hungry. We get in the car, she's hungry. And Israel's situation is a little bit more serious because they had, been, um, they had been out of Egypt already for a little bit over a month. Food is getting a little bit scarce. They're in the wilderness, they're in the, uh, in the middle of nowhere, and they're afraid that they're going to die. I remember, you know, being a kid, living in, in the mountains. My, my, my cousin and I, we'd always go wandering in the woods. That's just something that we like to do. We didn't care if we got lost. We, we kind of wanted to get lost. We wanted to go like on an adventure. And so we would always go, um, you know, in, in the woods. And I would always be prepared. Like I would take a backpack, 
I would pack a few things. I would always uh, pack a few Sprites, you know, just in case. I got really thirsty and, and we're dying of dehydration. That's, that's what you need, right, a Sprite. Uh, I'd go in the pantry. We'd always have these little Debbie brownies. You guys know what I'm talking about. Those are really good. I'd always pack some of those, right, just keep my, my sugar levels in, intact. Um, it's, it's, it's a scary feeling not knowing if you're going to have food the next day. And so that's what the Israelites are facing right now. They're, they're fresh out of Egypt, right? They just, they just saw the hand of God hold back the seas, and they're off to better things. They're off to new things. They're off to, to fulfill the promise that was for them. But you know what? So many times, before it gets better, it's going to get worse. And you just kind of have to prepare yourself. Whenever you're going to start something new, something fresh, and you're excited about it, and maybe you're doing it with, with a, a friend or a partner or your spouse, and you're, you're about to embark on a new journey because it's going to take you to better places, you need to tell yourself, wait, but first it's probably going to get a little rough along the way. And so again, today's message is entitled, Getting Hungry. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that hungry like you want food. Maybe you do want food right now, but... I'm talking about in your journey to your promised land, that could simply translate to getting famished, getting weak, or getting tired, right? When God just pulled you out of what you had been stuck in, there's oftentimes an adjustment period. There are some things that, you, that, that you're going to have to get used to because before you were doing things the way uh, that your master was having you do them, or you were doing things the way that, that you were so used to doing them, but now God has called you out. God is, is taking you into his purpose, but now you got to play by God's rules. So, so many times that's going to mean new mentalities. You're going you're gonna to have to humble yourself to certain things and, and not be so proud all the time. And you're going to have to shock your body, shock your mentality into a new way of thinking. I think I might have mentioned this before, but when I was a kid, I would go over to my, to my friend's house. Um, some of you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, this was a household of three big dudes. And uh, they, they, were like, they were like men when they were boys. And, and, and so I'd, I'd go to over their, their house. And my, my, cousin, my, my cousins are here. Um, I, I wanted to talk about you guys. I didn't think y'all were going to be here. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> My cousins, I, you know, I, I was growing up, I was a skinny, puny little, you know, little redhead kid, had a lot more hair. It was more visible, the redness. So my cousins would call me match, like, like a match that, that you like, because I had a long, skinny, white body with a red tip. And, and uh, yeah, so they would call me match. And, and, and so I'm, I'm at my friend's house with, with these three big guys. They're like football players, and their dad's like a, a, the coach of the football team, and the mom's right there. And... And here comes this white little, you know, skinny kid with red hair trying to, to compete at the dinner table with him. And, and so they're serving. It's like they eat. They, like, eat for sport, man. It's like a competition to them. And they sit down, and they're like, who's going who's gonna to eat the most, right? And, and so I remember the, uh, the first time that I went over to their house, um, I was traumatized. I, I, I kind of didn't want to go back. Like, I almost, like... Just stop being their friends completely because they, they, we were at the dinner table and they served me my, my initial serving and it's, it's massive. It's like, is this like for a gorilla or something? It, it, it's huge. And I'm there trying to keep up and I'm just eating and I'm like, man, God, give me strength, Lord. I can do all things through you. And, and by the time I finally finish my meal, 
I, I, I throw in the towel. I'm like, God, I, I literally, I feel like I just ran a marathon and I'm done. And I'm so grateful that I, that I did it. I was the last one to eat. You know, the mom was ahead of me and everything. And, and, and so I was about to, to go and, 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 you know, put my plate in, in the, in the dishwasher. And my friend's dad tells his wife to serve me another plate. And I'm like, dude, no, I, I, I can't. And if you guys know who I'm talking about, you know how he talks. He's like, nah, hombre, nah, like nonsense, right? Like, you're going to eat because you're in my house. And I'm like, man, okay, fine. We didn't do that in my house. I would serve my own plate, right, at my house, and I would eat what I could, what I could finish. Or I, I would just finish what I could eat until I was satisfied. That was fine. You don't have to eat till you can't breathe. Church, did you know that? Right? And, and, and so, you know, I, I was, I was just, I wasn't in my, my zone, my elements. I was playing by their rules. Uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, I actually went back to their house and I was, I mean, these childhood memories came back because, uh, they had dinner for us and I served my, my portion. And, and again, he comes up to me, he's judging me like, that's it. Like that's what you can eat. And I'm like, dude, this is just, it's just an appetizer. And I was lying. It wasn't an appetizer. That was my meal. And he made me get up three more times and yeah, but, but you know, I wasn't, when, when you're not in your house, when you're not in your own, you know, when you're home, when you're not in your house, in, in your home, um, you're not playing by your rules. And so you're kind of playing by other people's rules sometimes. And, and, and so there's an adjustment period. Thank God that I didn't, I didn't live with them because I, I wouldn't have made it. But in the same way, when we're getting adjusted, to a new way of living, new sacrifice that we're trying to make for God, new mentalities that we're trying to live by to honor God and his plan, we often think, man, how am I even going to do this? How am I going to make it? And we get to this first checkpoint, like this first test, and we're already tired. And we, again, we all know that feeling of starting something new, and we're pumped up. And I remember the first time I, I went on a three-mile run, I was with some friends. We went in the middle of the night. It was, like, spontaneous. We went to Memorial Park, and, and that was the first time I was going to run three miles. And I'm like, dude, I mean, if you could do it, I could do it, right? And I remember starting the run, and everyone was behind me. I didn't pace myself. I thought I was, I thought I was doing it. And then I get to that first mile uh, checkpoint, and I'm like, man, just that's barely a mile? And I was done. Like, I had to walk the rest of the way. And so... You're going to get to a point where all that excitement of that new thing dies. That energy, every, every ounce of energy that you had before going into something is going to begin to fade away. And you're going to begin to question like, man, do I even really want this? And you're going to get famished. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to get tired. And so just like the Israelites, you may start to grumble. You might start to complain. You might start to blame others for your misfortunes, and you're going to start to wonder if you should have ever even left where you were before. That's what the Israelites told Moses. They said, well, at least in Egypt, we had plenty of food. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I've been in their shoes. Like, I've had very similar thoughts before. Without, I would look to my past, and I would see certain things that I kind of missed. Like, when I get into periods of frustration... As a pastor, uh, you know, sometimes I think, well, but at least before I was a pastor, I, I, wouldn't, I didn't have to watch my words so carefully. Like if someone made me upset, it was okay. I could, I could tell them what I'm really, what's really on my mind. But as a pastor, you got to let the spirit take over a little bit, right? Or, or at least before I was a pastor, 
If I was tired Sunday morning, I, I had the option of staying home. I don't have that option all the time. I got, I got, to, I got to get up and, 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 and make something happen. And so we start to look at where we once were before, and a lot of times it starts to look good again. And you might tell God, God, well, I believe, uh, at least before I was a Christian, before I was required to find rest in you, I could just easily go and find rest in some alcohol because alcohol, it works quickly. I can feel it immediately in my system. It's tangible. But because I'm on this journey of faith that you called me to, I got to find rest in you and I don't even see you. Or maybe a bad, it was a bad relationship, right? That you, you, were so, you were so glad when you finally ended it, but you're missing certain things of that relationship. We get to a point, church, where the ugliness that, that we left behind begins to look pretty again, but it's only because we're looking at certain aspects. We're not looking at the whole picture. The Israelites forgot for a second that they were slaves. They hated where they were. They didn't want to stay there. They started giving God praise when they heard the news that God was sending Moses to take them out of the land of Egypt. They believed and they gave God praise. But now because they're on this journey, because they've hit this checkpoint and they're hungry, the ugliness of their previous situation is not looking that ugly anymore. But they're just not looking at the whole thing. They're only looking at aspects. This is why time and time again, man, we hear about abused women returning to their abusers. Because at least he paid the bills. At least when I was with him, he paid the bills. Right? This is why people give up on their, on their calling when it gets a little bit hard. Because at least when I wasn't doing what God was calling me to do, at least when I was doing what I wanted to do, I was getting paid a little bit better. And so too many times, church, we're returning to the mess that we were stuck in, that we gave God praise for when he got us out, only because one aspect of it looks good and the current situation doesn't feel that great. Am I speaking to anyone? It's all right. God spoke to me already. And we think, man, anything's better than this. Anything's better than, than what I'm currently in. I'm, I'm literally going to die here. The Israelites thought they were going to die and so now Egypt doesn't look that bad anymore. But then look at, look at what verse 4 says. So the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. So th- two things happen here. Okay, um, First, God provides. Can we say amen to that? Has God been your provider before? See, that's, that's what God does for his people when they're in the place that he has called them to. When, when, when you are in his purpose, in his hand, in that situation that God intended for you to be in, he's going to be your provider. There's not going to be a single thing that you lack that he will not provide. Now, that might not be true if you're outside of the will of God. Okay? That might not be true if you've neglected God, if you haven't been asking, if you haven't been crying out to God all right, I, I won't preach a message of provision if you're not in with the provider. I just, I won't do it. You can't make me. You got, but when you're in the will of God, when you're where he wants you, where he's put you, there isn't a thing that you're going to lack that he won't provide. He's going to open doors for you, church. He's going to open doors. And it might not happen in the same way that you thought it was going to happen. Maybe you're over here saying, God, open this door, open this door, open this door. But then God opens another door. And you're like, well, I, I thought it was going to be this one. But, but God is still going to provide for you, right? 
It, it, it might not be the doors you were hoping for. It, not, it might not be to the level of provision that you were hoping to receive in, in your bank account, right? It might be the most unconventional form of provision. That's just how God does things. I think T.D. Jake said that, you know, when we're asking God for a table, he gives us trees because God doesn't make tables. God makes trees. But with a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of uh, hard work, uh, we can turn that tree into a table. And, unless you're me and you're not good with your hands, you're just stuck with the tree. <laughs> I'm calling my dad, right? But, but that's what God does. He's going to provide for you one way or, the, or, or another. And we have, man, we got to learn how to speak that over our lives, man. He's going to provide. When you know that you're where God has, has placed you, you got to know that a provision is coming. He's going to provide. And that's the first thing that he does. He provides. Because he brought them there, he's not going to abandon them there. Now, the second thing that he does is he tests his people. And I know what you're thinking. If you're thinking the same thing I was thinking, man, God is testing the Israelites in the midst of another test? What is wrong with this guy? What is with God in tests? And here's the test. It's in, it's in verses 13 through 21. And I have it up here. You're still with me, right? All right, here we go. It says this. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness, a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can. You shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and who, who, whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat, and Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till mo morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by mo morning, they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. Okay. I know that was a little bit long, but it was necessary to the, to the story here. And, and further instructions included that, uh, that they did not gather food on the seventh day because that was to be marked as the Sabbath. So God said, I'm going to provide twice as much on the sixth day so you can gather for two days. Um, but once again, the Israelites failed to do so. So now the question is, well, what was the test and why did they fail? See, last week we mentioned that that the people of Israel, they had not really come to know their God because they had been stuck in Egypt for over 400 years. They grew accustomed to the Egyptian culture, their idolatry, their religion. And so they had to, they had to learn how to trust in God. And so by God testing them, he was teaching them how to rely on him. So Moses gives them three simple instructions. Gather what you can eat. Don't overgather so that you leave any left over. And on the sixth day, you may gather twice as much because on the seventh day, there's not going to be anything left over. But the Israelites failed to do that. They failed to trust in God. 
And so that first day, when, when manna is, on, is falling from heaven, they overgather. They start to hoard the provision, right? And, it, and the Bible says that, that it, grew, it, it grew stale, and it began to, to get worms, and it began to stink, right? It's, it's like they, they thought that God was only going to provide for them this one time, and then they were on their own. So we might, we might need to take a little bit more uh, so that we can make it last, right? But God was just trying to teach them that he's a God that desires to be constantly involved in their affairs. He doesn't intend to give you one meal and then cut you off. The end of this chapter ends with the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years. 40 years. That means for 40 years, even though they were in the desert, even though they had not yet made it to the promised land, even though they weren't in paradise, even though they were still in the struggle, God remained their sole provider through the entire time. And he gave them just enough so that they would continue relying on him for more. And then I was taken to the words of Jesus. Where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. You got you to have that in your heart. You got to be praying that constantly. Lord, give us this day my daily bread. It's daily bread. You shouldn't be receiving God's provisions just one time and then never again because it's not going to last forever. It's not, it's not a weekly provision that you just get on Sundays. You can't come and get it Sunday morning and expect it to last you the rest of the week because it's going to grow stale. You've got to keep your spirit sharp. But the only way to do that is to position yourself daily to receive his provisions. Look, you're, you're going to need some things, man, as you're traveling on your journey through to your promised land where God is, is calling you to. It's going to get hard, and you're going to need some provision. There's going to be a day that comes, and you're going to need a little bit of patience, man, because you had a rough day at work, and you get home, and your kids are screaming, and your spouse is getting on your nerves, and you're dealing with some, like, Burger King customer service Right. And 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 you're going to need a little bit of of patience. That patience that you had last week is not going to work this week. Sometimes you're going to need some self-control because your past is going to be calling you back and it's going to be really tempting because it looks really good. And it doesn't matter that you were able to refuse it before, because today is a new day with new problems. So we need fresh provision. Spoil provisions aren't going to give you the energy that you need. Because it's rotten. You can't even eat it. What we need is the fresh supply of God's provisions. You're receiving this, right? You're going to receive it tomorrow too, right? Look, I, I, was, I was praying to God yesterday. I'm going I'm to have Will come up already. Um, I was praying uh, yesterday. We have, we have prayer uh, once, once a month. Uh, the, the first Saturday of every month. Initially, we had it for our, our leaders, but it's something that's become, you know, something for, for everyone. So if you're not doing anything at 7 a.m. the first Saturday of the month, feel free to come. I doubt you, you are unless you work, but um, we, need to, we need to be a house that, that prays together, right? And, and, and prayer in solitude is, is very important, and I, I gave a whole message on that. Um, but prayer together corporately as one body, that is, that is very important as well. And so I was praying, and I said, God, give me a fresh anointing, man. That was, man, that was my prayer yesterday. 
I had a lot of things on my mind, but, but that was like number one. God, give me a fresh anointing because I can't, I can't use last Sunday's anointing and expect it to be effective today. It's not going to work. Why, why do we wake up every morning and make a fresh pot of coffee? Because if we're using yesterday's coffee, it's going to be nasty. A, fr- a friend of mine decided to play a prank on me one time. He told me that he had just brewed a, a fresh pot of coffee. So I went over to his, his office and, and um, I got my cup and I poured it. And I added my, my cream and sugar and the, the cream that I was using it was a powdered creamer. And, and so I put it in and, and I began to, to stir it. But it wasn't mixing. And I was like, man, what's going on here? It just, it stayed in chunks on the surface. And I thought to myself, hmm, maybe the creamer is bad. Maybe it's expired. Or maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe something's wrong with it, right? And I took a sip and I spit it all over the floor. And and my friend is cracking up. And he's like, dude, that's three-day-old coffee. And it it was the sickest prank you could ever play on me. It was disgusting. I almost lost my, my, my love for coffee in that moment. But, but that kind of taught me a very valuable lesson. Because I was reminded by this. Because sometimes, you know, when I'm, when I'm teaching a class or when I'm, I'm giving a message, sometimes I just feel off, to be honest. Sometimes I'm like, man... I, I feel like it wasn't well received. The sermon, it wasn't very effective. And that's, that's, that's a terrible feeling for someone who's called to bring the message and he feels like, man, I just didn't deliver it very well. And I, I, I beat myself up like the rest of the week. And sometimes I'm thinking, well, maybe it was just because I went to sleep late. I was tired. I was just having an off day. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I blame it on you guys. Like, God, they were, they were just not hungry for the word today. <laughs> but, but then... I think back at this very valuable, cruel, but valuable lesson when I thought that it might have been the creamer that was bad, but it was really the coffee that was bad. And then I think, well, maybe it's neither of those things. Maybe it's, maybe it's not the congregation. Maybe it's not that I was tired. Maybe I'm just trying to use an anointing that's a week old. And let me tell you, church, throughout your journey to your promised land, there was going to be new battles to face every day. And if you think you're going to go into those battles using the same strength that you used to fight the previous battle, it's not going to work. You're going you're to be defeated. If you're trying to make a, a decision and you think, well, I have all this wisdom because I've asked God for wisdom before and I've made wise decisions before, and, and you go into a decision without a fresh dose of God's wisdom you're going to make a bad decision because we can't be using spoiled provisions this is a new day church this is there's new challenges new battles new decisions to be made man but I have a God that is ready to supply your every need in fresh supply man you're going to get tired you are going to get tired You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to go back to what you were stuck in for so many years. It's going to look good again. But for those who trust in the Lord, he will provide 
daily and you will never lack. Man, I, I, I'm reminded of that verse in James 1.12. I love the book of James, man. There's so much good content there. It says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he, when, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that was promised to him by God to those who love him. He is the provider. Just like any faithful father wants to provide for his children, my God is going to provide. But we have, to, we have to position ourselves, church, to receive it. We have to go out and get what God provides for us every single day and not, not try to hoard it because it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You might have had strength last week, but this is a new week. You might have had some, some patience, some self-control. You, your, your spirit might have been fired up last week. But this is a new week. But thank God we have the same God that will provide the same level of potency in every supply of provision for his people. There is a provision waiting for you today, church. Today. And I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. And I want to take a moment. And I want to just just get into God's presence for a second. Let me get the whole, let me get the, the rest of the worship team up here. Amen. Right there where you're at, church. I'm going to ask that you bow your head. Close your eyes. First, we're going to do what we do every Sunday. And I want to ask that if there's anyone here this morning, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. No one knows this as well as you do. And you say, man, I know who Jesus is. Maybe I come to church, but I don't have a relationship with him. I'm not talking to him daily. I'm not receiving daily provisions from him. And you say, today, that is going to change. I want to accept this Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm simply going to ask that, that you raise your hand if that's you. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask that you just re- repeat this prayer after me. You can do it as softly as you need to, but just do it with a sincere heart. Heavenly Father. Forgive me because I am a sinner and I have failed you countless times. But today I choose to fall on your grace. I accept you as my Lord, I accept you as my Savior, and I accept you as my provider from this day forward. Holy Spirit, ignite a fire in my life. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some praise. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.